you you ask for a hundred thousand dollars um you you almost got one point two million um did you expect such a success uh, when you thought about the crowdfunding campaign i was hoping that this campaign would be gigantic, but you can never take anything for granted and absolutely expect that something like this is going to happen. But my fantasy is that it was going to make it to a million. I didn't think that that was unrealistic. But can you, can you explain why the people spent still money when the $100,000 were already reached? Because I think this is really strange. They really love you, of course, but why didn't they stop spending money after the break-even point? That's like asking why didn't people stop buying Michael Jackson's Thriller when it was a gold record. <laughs> <laughs> um, this isn't, you know, this isn't like other pro some projects on Kickstarter. You know, only need a certain amount of funding in order to exist. This was a record and book pre-order, which meant the bigger the better with no boundaries. And the 100,000 was kind of a fictional random number that we threw out there. Um, but really, this was just a platform through which to pre-sell the record before I manufactured it, um, to have the capital to make it bigger and better. And the fans knew that the more people bought it, the better the packaging would be. Mm. I mean, you have experimented quite a lot. I mean, last year with the Nighty Night EP, um, you tried the uh, pay what you want model. And so when did you decide to go for a Kickstarter and, and why? Uh, I first used Kickstarter about a year and a half ago when people were starting to talk about it and my friends were starting to use it. But it wasn't as giant as it is now. Um, it wasn't being used as a verb yet. Now musicians say I'm kickstarting my record in June and everyone knows what they're talking about. Um, and I had met a young piano musician, a 17-year-old named Tristan Allen, who had no CD and was very unknown and I wanted to produce his record and I decided to experiment with Kickstarter to see how it would work. And it worked brilliantly and we raised $8,000 to record and print his record in five days. And I thought, you know, this is a beautiful and simple platform. It is so easy for people to use. It's so simple for people to understand. And I've done things like this on my own website. And that's one of the questions that a lot of people are asking is, why did you have to use Kickstarter? Why couldn't you just sell these packages directly off your website? And I think Kickstarter in itself is a special community. I think people trust it and it's, it, it feels bigger and more legitimate to do it through a marketplace like Kickstarter than if I were to just do it totally directly off my website. So you say everyone likes Kickstarter, but don't you see a danger that Kickstarter and others become just as powerful as big labels because they are also a big company? Because they actually take a share, right? And and they have the power to highlight and feature a campaign? Or, or are they, yeah. I mean, if they don't, it might not get as big. Well, yeah, they do have some amount of power, but they don't, they don't, I mean, they can, they can break a project. Um, into the open and by featuring it, but they can't destroy something that's going to happen anyway, like a label can. <laughs> they don't. They don't have the power of a major label to say, "Oh, you know what? We we know that you recorded your record and it's all ready to go out, but we're just going to put it on the shelf over here because we 
we're too busy doing Metallica. That just doesn't happen. You know, it's it, it. There's still so much power in the hands of the artists this way, and that's the important part. Just like every every artist has this power, this kind of power you are describing, because you are famous already, and you all all the time deal with your fans very, very in a very uh, di direct way. So, would you say really crowdfunding is the future of music and for every artist? Uh, I don't think necessarily for every artist, no. But for the kinds of artists who like being connected, I think there's the there's two things in the formula that you kind of need to have for this system to work for you. And one is you have to either want to be connected individually, yourself, to your crowd and your audience, or you have to have a really good team doing it for you. Um And the other thing is you have to be, you know, willing as the artist to spend your time making the sort of decisions that labels and larger corporations used to make for you. You have to be to some extent a business person. But that's not new in the art world. Since day one, artists have always had to deal with their own business and figure out how to make it work, and figure out how to pay their rent, and figure out how to hawk their product. And that story is as old as the hills. That's nothing new. Mm -hmm. But do you think that this crowdfunding model can be, uh, well, a real alternative to other forms of getting money as an artist? I mean, can it also be a sustainable way? I mean, it used to be like you could, ex uh, in Germany, for example, you can apply for government fundings or you can get some kind of traditional economical investment to, to kickstart your, uh, your, your things. I mean, how does this crowdfunding thing change the game? I think it just creates a new possibility that wasn't there before. I think government funding is fantastic. And, you know, you have to understand, as an American, we look at countries like Germany and we're astounded and jealous <laughs> <laughs> at the amount of support that the government and the culture give to artists because they, I think people take for granted art is important. Music is important. Theater is important. These things are part of life and they need to exist. And we as a bunch of people need to figure out how to make things happen. And in America, people don't take that for granted. A lot of people here see art as useless and a luxury and a waste of money when it should be spent on, you know, bombs or education or, you know, whatever else your cause is. But there isn't a so much a culture of support for artists. And I think it's important. I mean, I think the government supporting art is, is also really, really critical. And, you know, the government structures that decide who that money goes to, you know, the people, the population in general have to decide, well, we want a middleman. The government is our middleman. You can take 5% of my money and spend it on public sculpture and film and festivals, and I'm happy to have you decide what those things are because I'm too busy. Or, you know, this is an alternative to that where people say, no, I want to decide what my money goes to. I want to decide and have a voice in what art 
I believe in and the art that I want to see on the walls and the music that I want to have filling my atmosphere and my environment. So it's a much more direct way of supporting the art that you love instead of using, you know, the government is a middleman just like a label is. It's kind of, you know, doing the work on behalf of the individual. And I don't think it's going to go away, but I think you're going to see a lot more direct action on the part of the public in terms of what art exists. And I think that's fantastic. Do you follow the discussion on copyright law and the related problems? What do you think about this so-called battle between the Internet and the industry? I think the Internet is going to win, is what I think. I think the Internet, if, if some catastrophe happened and the old guard managed to shut down file sharing and shut down the freedoms of the Internet, I think it would be a dark day in human history because it's it's working backwards and thinking backwards to say let's try instead of moving forward into the future with the technology and the sharing that we have to try and squeeze it into the old box that we're familiar with is insanity i think once people can share art they should share art and trying to stop people from sharing art when that's all they want to do is is almost brutal right. and, and against against human nature yeah well thank you very thank much you. amanda um well because you said you only have 10 minutes so we we keep it short uh, maybe just one more uh, question uh, for, yeah. for, for well ending this uh well i don't know if you have been a millionaire before <laughs> but now you are so uh what are you going to do with all the money Well, that's a, that's a big question that everyone keeps asking, and I actually I posted a really important blog answering that question, where I show that even with the Kickstarter making a million dollars, eight or nine hundred thousand of those dollars go into the production. So I don't walk out of this a millionaire at all. <laughs> I walk out of this maybe a hundred thousandaire, and even. With that, I'm probably going to spend that money on my tour and getting better lighting and spending more money on the costumes and the stage sets. So come see the fucking show because it'll look beautiful. <laughs> um, I'm sure a lot, a lot of people will do. Um, so, well, thank you very much and thank you. have a great time on tour and good luck with the album and everything. Thank you. And it's actually a good time to say I will be in Berlin soon in about two weeks or so um i think uh i think our show is the middle of june so we'll be we'll be bringing the album art to berlin and doing it in a gallery and then we'll also be playing the rotor salon which is sold out but um we'll be coming back through germany the band will be coming back through germany for a full deutschland <laughs> sometime cool. im herbst Okay. So yeah, hopefully uh, come and see for yourself that the band is beautiful, the album is beautiful. And one thing I really hope is that when the album comes out, everyone will forget about the Kickstarter and just be impressed by the music. <laughs> and then we can see one of the stage. <laughs> yeah, and I must also say one thing. Okay. okay. Uh, the intro, their intro. Das intro? Yeah. Das intro. <laughs> For das ganze Album ist auf Deutsch. Oh. 
<laughs> wow. Is this an exclusive uh, information you just gave us? <laughs> yes, actually it is. Oh, cool. That's a world exclusive announcement. The cabaret cabaret singer Meow Meow uh, did the album introduction through a megaphone in German. We wrote it together. Wir oh. sind gespannt. Ja, Thank you so much. Thank you, you bet. Have a good time. Thank you. Okay. Tschüss. 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 Bye. Bye.